Live from the Talking Joe Studios. It's Talking Joe. Talking Joe is on the air. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Talking Joe. It's me, Mark. And today we will be talking to Jet and with. Uh, and from hopefully uh, Jamie Sullivan, artist extraordinaire, who is uh, is doing wondrous work with his covers for IDW's uh, GI Joe series. So we will be talking to him very shortly. But before we do, let me introduce my co-host, who will be helping me. It's Tim. I really want to talk Joe with you. It's a real American Tim. American Tim. Hello, Mark, and hello, viewers and listeners. Hello, Tim. Good to have you on board and, you know, storing yourself away under your desk in between recordings. It's efficient as ever. At the time of recording, we're live, uh, so you can join in and view live. You can leave us a message while we're live via YouTube or via the Facebook group, and you can join in like they gone. You can no. pester our guest about artwork <laughs> for sale if you missed the big sale for the 300 cover. You're like, why didn't you do a solo Crazy Legs cover, for example? <laughs> so good to have you on board. They gone and uh, please behave. So, but we're not, it's not here, you know, people aren't here to listen to me and Tim to just talk on our own. We've got a very special guest. And as always, we've got a jingle for our guest which has been created especially especially for this occasion and is not a reuse or modification of an existing jingle created for our co-host jay <laughs> cordray so uh brand new remember that jay 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 there he that is was that was pretty ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> well we're nothing if not uh ridiculous great to have you on board uh jamie what is what is it normally jay jamie what's the okay preference? so yeah it, it's jamie i mean i use facebook instagram and twitter i use i use all of them but uh facebook was primarily the uh the social media platform i used and um i wanted something so when i was at shows people come up and talk to me if they if they called me jay then i knew that i only knew them from facebook <laughs> and if they called me Jamie, then I knew that I knew them in real life. And, and uh, it made it easier for me to remember where, you know, I knew people from. Uh -huh. And so yeah, everybody, it's really funny because, you know, on my on my Instagram page, it's Jamie. Twitter, it's Jamie. But on Facebook, it's Jay. And so that it just, everybody called a lot, a ton of people call me Jay. It's funny. Didn't uh, this happen with Jay, uh, J. Scott Campbell when he broke into comics? Yeah, that was his pen name and people yeah. fans at conventions would call him that. But sort of his friends back home and his family called him, I think, Scott. Yeah. Uh, my buddy lived downstairs for me for many years. And after he moved, I would sometimes get mail for him. And he had this funny middle name. It's like Circus or something, which is not yeah. real. And I think he filled out one form once with that, <laughs> knowing that many years later, sort of this this pipeline of junk mail and and fundraising would come to this circus man. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like that. Growing up, I only had uh, I had 
one friend that called me Jay. And it's because our other best friend was also named Jamie. And so he called me, he called me Jay the entire time growing up. And that, so it was odd for me because um, I started doing it maybe like five years ago. And it was odd for me. People would, you know, call me that. It, 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 I didn't answer to it for a long time. It, it, I would like, huh? Are you, oh, are you talking to me? Okay. Yeah. I, in all of this excitement, I did forget to, to sort of uh, read out the blurb that I prepared. So here we go. Oh. For the people that do not already know, Jamie Sullivan is a cover artist for IDW's G.I. Joe, a real American hero comic series, creating nearly 30 covers. Wow. During IDW's oh. run and all manner of other G.I. Joe projects like Marvel cover recreations, Hector Garrido package art recreations, and before he boldly goes in a new direction <laughs> with his comics art, he has finished out his IDW run with an amazing wraparound cover for IDW's final issue, issue 300, featuring 313 distinct characters in a single image which should go on to break the record for the most covers uh, on a comic cover, which was previously set by Deadpool issue 27 with a measly 224. Now, when I was, when I was doing the prep for this, what, what sort of snuck up on me was quite how many covers you've actually done during your, your time on the, the run. It was just adding them up and going, crikey. I it's didn't actually, realize it was nearly that many. It's actually 54. 54? 54 for G.I. Joe. Yeah. Crazy, is right? That... <laughs> How is Mark so wrong? Well, right in I a different know. way. I don't know. I don't know. Where don't what know. what are the missing what are the missing twenty-four that are there a convention or a retailer exclusive? Uh yeah, there's REs. There's a there's a lot of REs. There's quite a few RIs. There's some that haven't come out yet between now and three hundred. But yeah, it's 54. I did a sketchbook. I, I put out a sketchbook a few months back and it had all of them except for, I think, two. Mm. And it, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, like 54. It's crazy. Cool. It's crazy. Amazing. But yeah. uh, let's, let's, let's start with some low hanging fruit. Having <laughs> drawn so many Joe characters, mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. a favorite Joe and a favorite Cobra as a. <clears throat> Uh, reader or a fan or a collector and uh, who's a favorite character or two mm. to draw um okay so that's a good question actually um so my favorite gi joe character is flash and uh he's my favorite because he was the first action figure i ever got when i was a little kid <clears throat> what was that Ni 1982 and uh so any opportunity i get to draw him i love i love drawing flash um as far as cobra characters uh i mean i love firefly everybody loves firefly um he's a lot of fun to draw except for the camouflage um and i like drawing uh i like drawing zartan a lot too um he's a lot of fun he's a he's a favorite of mine um who do i get get asked to draw all the time it shows snake eyes like snake eyes are the baroness um probably the top two characters i get asked to draw all the time um and snake eyes is i mean it's easy to draw snake eyes so when people come up and they're like hey can you draw snake eyes for me i'm like oh yeah sure because it takes like 
it takes like five minutes. If you're going to ask somebody to draw a character that's like, like muscle memory to draw, it's it's that character because there's not. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot to him, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's who I get. That's who I get asked to draw the most. Um, I've got um, I've got Snake Eyes there behind me. I don't know if you if you spotted that from your um your Wolverine homage print. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was one of my uh, yeah one of my favorite pieces from from yours because it's just you know so spot on in in that style. It's just uh, seamless. Um, what what was it that what was it that sort of brought about that that cover recreation? Um, so that that Wolverine cover um, for the trade was one of my favorite covers of all time, and um, I Frank Miller like his art is like so iconic, but it's so sloppy, and so when you're <laughs> when you're used to drawing something highly detailed, it's really hard to go in and and mimic that and so um i wanted to try and draw that cover and try and draw it like frank it's mm-hmm. very difficult to do but um it turned out pretty good um carson metaxas uh from um from 3d Thank joe's geez. actually owns the uh owns the original art for that now it's huge yeah the, the original art's <laughs> of huge. It's like a, it's like uh 24 by 36 i believe yeah, I think he, I think I saw um he did a, an unboxing video of it. Yeah. Um and, and I was like, wow, that's a piece to piece to get. I was impressed with my print, but obviously the original art is something something else. And I noticed sort of um from from you sh- you sharing some of the original art on the social media that that generally it isn't just the the typical kind of Bristol board. It is it is um often an oversized piece of art. Do you do you prefer that kind of big um it's a big template to work on. Well, I have to because I'm. I am. Uh, uh, my vision is horrible, like really, really bad. So, my I'm I'm legally blind in my left eye, and my right eye right now is like twenty twenty sixty. So, I just draw with my right eye, and uh, and it helps. And my vision used to be perfect. Diabetes ruined that though, but. Um, it really helps being able to draw the detail that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as far as uh, art collectors go, um, they usually are pretty happy that I have to draw at that size because they get a, you know, bigger, uh, bigger yeah. bang for their buck because, you know, <laughs> the original art's massive. So my covers are, uh, the original art for my covers are actually, um, are uh 20 24 by 16 so i don't i don't draw an 11 by 17 it's just, it's too small i can't see mm-hmm. i can't see all the details so yeah my the original art for my covers is um is much larger which is really cool actually um because when it reduces you know um with all the detail that i put into it some of you can't even see when it's reduced but it it gives it a sense of scale sometimes a sense of realism especially when i'm doing mm-hmm. vehicles so that helps absolutely there's a f- lot of things that we can cover from your career your gi joe career and i thought instead of going straight in origin story i thought let's keep it as president <laughs> as present as we can uh, and let's go in with uh with 300 uh, so so that's the obviously the big news of the last few few weeks so uh, for yeah, me, there the, they all are 
<laughs> this is the first I think a lot of people saw hinting at the 300 covers, a giant stack of, <laughs> of paper with snake eyes on the on the front. And that's, yeah, quite quite the stack of paper. Do you want to tell us about kind of the, the origins of the project uh, and how it all came about? Okay, so... Um... Why it's a stack of paper is I learned I learned from my mistakes. So um, I've done connecting covers before, but uh, the second connecting cover I did for GI Joe, uh, which featured all of the um, the GI Joe characters on it, um, I drew as one big piece. It was the original art was like six feet long, two feet tall, and uh, I I stopped and started. I had to start over probably three times because right. if I I messed up like somewhere in the middle i you know uh, it got to be the point where i couldn't do paste over so i would have to just start all over and so um when i got to the cobra connecting cover which is 296 through 300 because there were so many more it was literally double what was on the gi joe cover um and so many more vehicles um i drew them all individually and then scan them because I, I draw every I, I don't draw anything digitally I, I draw it all on pen and paper and so I scan them and then put them all into the image and honestly that made it so much easier because man if I would have drawn that uh just from the get-go like right on right onto the the paper the whole image together it would just it had been an absolute nightmare and it, it would it would have been so much harder than the gi joe one so i learned i learned from all my mistakes on those to draw the characters individually and and the the planning process of how they would lay out so um i was talking to my editor at uh san diego comic-con uh this the not the last one but the one before the little little short one they did um i think in december or one of those one of those months it was um an odd little show but we started talking about the end of end of the series and i was like you know i'd really i really like to break scott's record and i have this idea about doing you know uh, a variant cover with all of the characters on it from the marvel and the gi joe run and uh so we talked about it for a little bit and he loved the idea and so i i kind of i kind of studied scott's cover and i looked at uh i looked at um i guess there was a there was a, a joe and a cobra cover from i think it was devil's do devil's do hmm. image that had uh like all the characters on it and i didn't really want that like static pose of, of just a bunch of people just standing there i wanted them all like you know like in like it it had to tell a story like there was something happening um, so I studied Scott's cover and there was no way with the size of that logo and the layout that I could fit all the characters that I wanted to in that. And so we came up with the idea, my, my, actually my daughters and I, uh, who, my daughters are very talented, 117, 120. Um, uh, my daughter, Audrey actually colored the cover. She does a, a lot of coloring for IDW. And my youngest daughter built a model, kind of built a model out of uh, cardstock of a, uh, yeah, of a um, Coliseum. So 
we could take pictures to kind of get the angle right so we could see like exactly where we had to angle it from to fit every character into the the space that we had and um it turned out pretty good i mean it you know the planning and the positioning you know a lot of the characters had to move we had in add in extra rows to kind of to fill in the area and but uh it turned out it turned out pretty good but yeah it was a nightmare it was a nightmare drawing them all it took me uh, three and a half months to draw all of the all of the characters you know i was doing on good days i would do like maybe like 10 a day you know there's some days when you know life gets in the way and you only get two or three done but uh but yeah it was uh it was an absolute nightmare and and it wasn't uh it wasn't just me doing all the work. My daughter didn't just color them all when they got put on. My daughter colored every color and uh, every character individually. So every color, so, every character was colored in full. Honestly, that was probably the easier way because that way you don't you know make any mistakes. Is like you forget something or, um, you know, I forgot to color that leg or whatever. So every every character was colored before it got put onto the cover. So, yeah, she so, did. So all of those awesome legs job. that we don't, all of those legs that we don't see on the cover, uh, are colored. Actually, actually being colored and drawn. The, like, yeah, yeah. Um, let me. That's a nightmare. Screen. I have like PTSD <laughs> from looking at it. But Thanks, yeah, it breaks uh, yeah, it. It so breaks much. the record. And so, um, I knew I was going to turn it like so. The the GI Joe logo ended up going up in the top right corner. And then there'll be a barcode in the bottom left kind of covering Destro a little bit, um, but you'll still see most of them. But um, yeah, I thought it was very clever that you did predict. Uh, and I guess you, you've got a slightly smaller logo than normal as well, but you did predict it. Yeah. And so under underneath that logo, we're not actually losing anybody. It's kind of uh, what would you yeah. call them? Turrets. You know, if, if, I, we, were, no, if we were to uh, chop off Gridiron's head, is anyone going to complain? <laughs> really you would be surprised you know top side i mean bullhorn you right be, you would be surprised I mean, um, viewers if you really don't want me to insult bullhorn right now by suggesting that we cover his head with a logo chime in please in the discussion please make it <laughs> well yeah i i knew where i knew where the logos were going to go because i went to you know i talked to my editor and um neil who handles all the logos at idw and um i said neil look uh, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't, <laughs> there's no way I can put the regular size logo uh, on this cover. It'll, and, and do it. So what's the absolute smallest that Hasbro will approve? And <laughs> so Neil really pushed and pushed and pushed and got it. We both fought and got it really small. And Hasbro said, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. And, uh, it was really cool. And then <laughs> when I got laid out, I was like, oh, well, I don't really need that much room. So <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I ended up moving. I had more, I had a little more room than I thought. So I got to actually add some more characters wow. <laughs> and a little bit more background. And then I didn't want it to be like one of those things where, you know, there there's a dead spot on the cover. So I ended up, you know, putting like the entrance to the Coliseum, like the little areas where they can walk through into the Coliseum. And then um, I ended up hiding uh, snake armor in in yeah. the in the wall. It's kind of an homage to that scene in the original G.I. Joe animated miniseries from Sumbo where they're turning 
you know, in the, in the cave. Um, so, and there's a, I'll be honest with you. So this, uh, this cover will be great for a lot of people, even if GI Joe continues at another publisher, this cover will be great for a lot of people because this is, this cover is the first and only appearance of, I think 20 or 25 characters that have never, hmm. never been on a, on a GI Joe cover, never been in a GI Joe comic book. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of, some of them are from the cartoon. Some are just toys. So yeah, yeah it's a first Including appearance some of a lot of characters. Quite big characters. I think, I think this might be the first appearance of Sergeant Slaughter on a cover. Yeah, I don't know if he ever made it onto a Marvel cover or not, but yeah, it's his first. Yeah, if if not, it is. It's his first appearance on a on a. Okay, they they go and it's expressing surprise that Crazy Legs is in there right next to Fast Straw, but yeah, almost everyone is there. Almost everyone. yeah, it's kind of like um, we've got you know, a, cur- a curtain call at the end at the end of a at the end of play where all the characters dead or not come out and like hey you know their their last hurrah you know on, on the cover so there's nobody dead on the uh on on the last two connecting covers i did uh the gi joe one uh the dead character so let, let me do the cover one first so on the cover one uh there if the character was dead in the comic they're not on the cover that's why in that cobra connecting cover there's no croc master there's no serpentor okay. because at the time when i did that cover they were they were dead in the comic um, so on the GI Joe one, um, <laughs> it was I went back and forth. Uh, there was there was a couple guys helping me with the the research and and Diana Davis and like wh- I need to know which GI Joe characters are dead <laughs> so I can put them in like they're going to be holding frames with the little black band you know as a, a tribute you know remembering these their their fallen you know comrades. And so we went back and forth and back and forth. And, and I'm like, okay, are you guys, all of them, are you guys sure these are all the ones? Yep, not a problem. So um, obviously there are characters on there that I drew alive that are dead <laughs> because that's the way things happen. And uh, um, I think, I believe Crankcase is dead, uh, but I drew him alive. Mm-hmm. And Cool Breeze is also dead and he's on there alive. And uh, yeah, and so like what you were saying about the um, the GI Joe fans would they be upset like a bullhorn or whatever? Yes, because who knew? I didn't even know Crazy Legs was a character before <laughs> I started doing, or not Crazy Legs, uh, Cool Breeze. I didn't know Cool Breeze right. was a character before I even started doing this cover. And uh, you know, I just didn't remember that Marvel comic that he was in. And uh, man, I got people messaging me, like calling me an idiot and like so upset. Like, how could you do this? I'm like, you know, I'm not the only one that works on this thing. But, uh, you know, I took it, I took it in stride, you know, and, you know, I'm like, be glad. Like, this guy was obviously like a giant Cool Breeze fan. I'm like, be glad he's on a cover. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, take, take the win and just enjoy it. (laughs) I got a, I got a commission with Cool Breeze. Did you? Yeah. I got, I got John Statema, who drew those issues, to do That's a right. drawing for me that has the characters from his issues, and I, I made sure to include Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze, uh, and, and what's really funny is Cool Breeze, um, the uh, that character on the three hundred cover um, was my daughter's favorite to color. She loved she loved his uniform and loved coloring. 
she thought it turned out really good. So she was she was really happy with Coolman. Like who knew Cool Breeze would affect my <laughs> life for the last three years the way he's done. Um, was there? Um, I, I think when you were describing this story about talking to get talking for the three hundred cover, I think mm-hmm. you said it would be great to do a variant. But yeah, your cover, the variant has no logo. The main cover, cover A, is yeah. your cover with all the characters and the logo. So when, yeah, did, when I, did that happen? I uh, I was informed that it was going to be the main cover about a month ago when it was when it was done. Um, that's when he he told me it would be cover A, and uh, very excited. You know that my last issue with IDW would be cover A. And I had no idea about the variant. I'm glad that I drew the stuff, you know, in the uh, in the back um, because I didn't I didn't know that it would be a virgin variant as well. And who knows, you know, uh, they might have a reprint where it's the black and white line art. No, yeah, that's an idea. Yeah, so I'm not for sure, but yeah, I was I was very excited. That only happened once before um, with the reprint of 21 that they did, which was called Complete Silence. I had done this, uh, I had drawn this uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow um, cover where uh, Snake Eyes was kind of like creeping around the the Cobra um, temple and Storm Shadow was dropping in behind him. And I just thought it was going to be used for a a cover, you know, a G.I. Joe issue cover down the road and whatever. so flash forward and I'd, I'd drawn it, gotten paid and flash forward um, almost a year and a half, almost two years after I'd drawn it uh, originally. Um, Tom was talking to me about uh, how they were going to do a reprint of 21 and 21.5. And um, he's like, I'm on a strict budget. He's like, do you have anything uh, with like snake eyes on it that you've done? I'm like, well, what about that? Uh, <laughs> what about that piece hanging in your office that I drew a while ago? He's, oh my god, I forgot all about that. He's all, that's perfect. And then so, yeah, I got the main cover for that issue. I had no idea it was going to be on that. It wasn't. It wasn't drawn for that specifically, but it worked out pretty well actually. So, even though Snake Eyes isn't in that costume, you know, I originally had drawn him in the commando outfit when i had drawn this for drawn it originally um but hasbro didn't want the goggles and they wanted you know him to have a sword in there at some somewhere so the uh the visor got added and then the uh the hilt got added later oh um you said i think you worked for about what three and a half months on on the 300 cover um uh diana diana says do you know how much time from start to finish you ended up uh, putting putting into into the cover? Hours wise, yeah. Um, no, I haven't done the math. That would be, <laughs> no, I haven't done scary. the math. That would be, yeah. Com- compared, like, uh, like my hourly wage would be <laughs> um, probably thirty five, forty cents an hour, maybe if that. Um, 
It was a long time. But I mean, you know, that's it. I took it upon myself. You know, I'm the one that volunteered to do it. I'm the one that had the idea. So, um, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, problem with how long it took or, you know, I'm just Jamie, happy they let me do it. Tell us about selling the art. Oh, well, that was a nightmare too. <laughs> I, I thought that was I thought that was a, uh, thought that was a nice softball I was lobbing you. Oh yeah, I got oh man, people were just people were vicious during that sale. I thought I was doing something. Can you explain I was it? Doing something really cool. So Can yeah, you, uh, so for people since, who don't know, since all of the okay, it started off with uh, I like a lot of people love original cover art, but I can't always afford it most of the time i can't afford it and so i thought it would be a good idea since i drew them all individually i thought it'd be a really cool idea to auction off all there was like there was like 316 pieces total i thought it would be a good idea to auction off every single one individually and make it affordable that a ton of joe fans could own a piece of this cover so, the, you know, I was like, I'll make a certificate of authenticity. I'll print up a little photo of um, of that character's exact position on the cover so you can see how the original it's the original art. And uh, so we set out to do it on, on Facebook. It was just going to be like a 24-hour post, all 300 individually, and uh, start them off all. You know, the majority of them, I knew some of them would be ridiculous so we started them off at higher like snake eyes everybody wants snake eyes and some of them i had no idea would get them to have been anymore um but i started <laughs> them all off at uh, like 30 30 dollars 35 dollars something like that <clears throat> and uh it was absolutely insane absolutely insane i put it up and i i personally my wife and i and my daughters talked about it going into it like um, you know, it'd be super cool if we sold like 50 pieces, you know, it'd be, it'd be neat, you know, if we sold 50 pieces at 30 bucks a piece, you know, and, uh, next thing I know, it was just, there were like a thousand comments and tons of people sending me friend requests, people I'd never even heard of sending me friend because my Facebook page is, um, it's a public page, but to, to be a friend and to comment and, and to bid on things, you know, you need, you need to be a friend of mine. And so I had just, I jumped like 200 friends um, just during that right before and during the auction. And uh, the, there were these just absolutely insane bidding wars on some of the characters. Um so and, was each uh, was each character its own uh, thread or post or were all so yeah them? it was like a it was like a typical like a typical comic book you know like when guys go up and do like uh, comic book sales where they they post a picture and the 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 post and in the comments you know they they post uh, you know an image of the comic and then you bid on it. Each each comment from someone yeah. else is just a dollar amount. Yeah, a re a reply to that photo is like a dollar amount, and 
you know, I've never seen an issue. But then again, I've never seen I've never seen one of those reply auctions with over a thousand responses. So, so this was this was one. Sorry, were all the responses a variety of the characters, or were you listing each piece of art as its own? So I do each piece of art. Okay. In in the comment, and then you reply to that comment about. Okay. You know, if if you're going to bid on it, and each one was a full dollar amount, and so. You know, it started as, and it ran for 24 hours and it started as soon as I put the first one on. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nightmare. Facebook put me in Facebook commenting jail because apparently I'd commented too many times. So my wife had to continue on with it. And people were like getting really frustrated because they didn't know how to click the all comments part, you know, in the, in the top. Mm. So they were looking at like top comments and it wouldn't put them in order of how it posted. And I'm, I, I'd had the people message me like yelling at me. And I'm like, just click the all comments part and scroll through it. So the, and I'd have to explain to people too, the auction wasn't designed to where it would be super easy for somebody to go on there and buy everything. You know, I didn't want one person to go through and just like, I'm buying the entire cover. You know, I'm going to outbid everybody. I made. I wanted it to be like where everybody got an equal opportunity to get something. So they, you know, it would end at different times. Uh, it, it was like a rolling end to the uh, to the uh, auction, and uh, all but uh, all but sixty four pieces from the cover sold. Uh, most of them were GI Joe characters that didn't sell. I think it's because they were early in the auction and it already closed before people could go in and see them. But then, yeah, when it started to close, people were getting pissed off because I didn't end every single one of them at, you know, 3 p.m. on on Sunday. I couldn't because I have a personal page and a business page, so I can't end just, like, end the whole thing. I have to go through and put, like, select the person that won. And so people were getting pissed. They're like, oh, I, I outbid this person, and I just, I kind of got... I kind of got fed up with it and I was like, look, I'm trying to do it like a nice thing for everybody. And you guys are making it really difficult to be like cool about all of this. And I was like, I'll, if you guys want, and they, and finally I was like, if you got a problem, I can cancel your, cancel your bid right now. And I had my wife going through like, okay, cancel that person's bid. They don't want to, you know, be a part of it. It's fine. And, uh, only had to do that for a couple of people cancel their bids, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an undertaking. And, and are you, are you now on the point where some payments are coming in and you're shipping out some art? Oh yeah. It's all, it's all gone. It's all gone. We, um, yeah. it's been turning a, up in these beautiful looking envelopes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wanted to put together like this cool, like Cobra file and even did like the twine, you know, tied around it, like old school. Jamie, on one on the one hand, as a as someone who likes getting mail, uh, and who likes things that are designed and uh, thoughtful, this is a delight to look at, and I'm so Thanks. happy that you went the extra mile. Did you mention a certificate of authenticity and also like a, a cover key? Yeah, yeah, and I did. Well, I did a uh, the, there was a COA that said for every single picture said okay. the character's name and it was signed by me and it was signed by my daughter. And then um, there was a, we printed out uh, three by five photos of that specific character. 
where they were on the cover. So a close up of where the characters are on the cover. So you can see the original. So you can see how the original art fit in to the cover. So as a as a person who likes to get things and see things, this is <laughs> all delightful and thrilling. As a person who has packed up boxes and envelopes and mailed things and very occasionally sold things on the internet, um, it feels like you you gave yourself many additional jobs. Oh besides. yeah, not not just me. You know, my 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 wife and my daughters. It was all hands on deck. Uh, no pun intended for um for packing this up there when we first started out trying to get a, a rhythm down there was a lot of yelling and screaming and <laughs> name calling and and uh yeah yeah it was uh it was not fun but uh they were all from that auction they were all shipped out in the first week there was like 130 packages how far away is your your post office um well it's across it's on the other side of town but uh, after the first shipment, because um, it went out in waves, after the first shipment, we scheduled a pickup. You, you <laughs> the, finally made something about this easier for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> the mail care, we had the mail carrier come and get them okay. and scan them the... right at the door. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> he was not happy about it, but, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, I know everybody, uh, surprisingly, though, um, that first that first auction where almost all of them sold only one person didn't pay uh which shocked me because you you know how it goes like you know um people you know bid on things or whatever and you always have a few that 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 don't come through everybody paid except for one person and then we just rolled their uh their character that they bought into we did a, a follow-up auction where it was a claim sale it wasn't an auction. It was just a claim sale. There were six, 63 or 64 pieces. They were all $40 a piece and uh, just made it real easy for everybody. And I, I did the post and did all of the comments, you know, all the pictures in the comments and made it private where only I could see it. And then at 3 p.m. when it started, I made it where everybody could see it. And so I learned, again, learned from my mistakes. And so um yeah it, it, that way not every person could go on there and just buy you know every single thing because there was a lot of people that got on and were able to get a lot of pieces and so the next so time you cool. do this when you've i'm never going to do this with again 400 <laughs> characters <laughs> i'm never doing this <laughs> again. jamie i think ever jamie i think you should do covers where it's one character with very little background yeah. <laughs> and there are lots of famous and well-known and also not so famous and well-known artists who do those kinds of covers for all sorts of publishers. And yeah. I think they get paid the same rate as someone who does, you know, two teams fighting in front of, uh, you know, the, the Washington monument or something sure. or, or time, Times square. So maybe yeah. the rest of, maybe the rest of the year is just, um, simple vignette <laughs> covers you know it's like yeah but, it would be how cool. about the background can be like three rocks and a little bit of rubble <laughs> yeah that would be much easier that would be much easier to do i would love you know i, I would love to do something at marvel i really would if you guys know of anybody that works at marvel that is in the hiring uh department you know send them my way <laughs> my yeah 
But uh, yeah, no, I'm on to uh, I'm I'm it's no secret now. I'm on to Star Trek. So, you know. And are you work, have you begun work on that already? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the so um, I have. Uh, There's a, they've announced a new sort of flagship book. For, I'm, I haven't worked on that yet. I okay. am on the mini series called Star Trek Resurgence. Okay. So is the, this what's the continuity? When does it take place? This is uh, I I believe it's during the um, next generation era. It um, it takes place aboard uh, the uh, USS Resolute, and this is for this is an RI for the final issue of the series. It's a five issue mini series, and um, yeah, some characters die in it. I won't tell you who. Because I don't, I don't really know who the, I don't, I'm not familiar with the characters. Like, the, like you think GI Joe's dense? Star Trek, had, like, there's, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a fan of Star Trek. Like, the, I like the original series. I like Strange New Worlds. I like Discovery. I love the movies. But man, there's just, I couldn't even imagine trying to fit all of those characters onto one cover. That'd be like a couple thousand. I had a thought. Because I think we've we sort of wrapping up our talk of the three hundred cover. I wanted Mark. to ask a couple of couple of things. If yeah, that's okay. Right. Yeah, I, I have a thought to wrap this up. But over sure. to you, Mark. But just uh, from reading some of your posts about the the process and stuff, I thought um, I'd ask about um, uh, the the sort of the process that you took to um, to make sure that you weren't just doing the same sort of static character over and over again. How did you uh, how did you approach that so that there's a lot of diversity? In there, like even just sort of on this uh, sort of thumbnail kind of view of all of these these characters, you can see that, for example, uh, Bazooka there is in the middle. He's a big, you know, chunky, t- chunky guy, very different body type to to you know, say Alpine right next to him. Yeah, so I knew going into it that I didn't like what you said. I didn't I didn't want them all looking exactly alike, you know, because that's that's just not how real life is you know there needed to be some body type differences and so i drew um i kind of did uh some poses like 50 poses i knew if i had 50 that i could kind of mix them or mix them around change the arms and stuff and when you say poses is this is this reference photos you took no i i sketched them all out okay sketched out i sketched out poses and stuff and you know made them bigger and made them smaller you know um some of them are homages to uh sergeant slaughter's uh an homage to um how he appeared in uh um, that's, that's the russ heath model the sun, sheet from the, the sumbo yeah the sumbo yeah, model the, sheet from the cartoon um you know i i wanted to there was an opportunity to um pay tribute to some artists who had worked on GI Joe before. And, you know, there's a couple of poses in there that were, that were distinctly Mike Bosberg. There's a couple of Herb Trimpey um, body types. Yeah. So they, they'd come from different places like that. And so I laid them all out and then decided like, which characters are going to get what, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that really helped uh, doing that ahead of time really helped like, the insanity of like did i draw this 
on this character before, you know, and making trying to make sure that they weren't like if they had similar body poses, they weren't standing right next to each other. Um, it's kind of like, so like you know the the ones I was talking about. I think I think they were Devils Do. Don't call me on that, but I think they were Devils Do. The GI Joe and the Cobra, where they're like stand, where the GI Joes are standing in front of like Capitol in Washington. They're all they're, they're all exactly the same body type and exactly like the same pose, and I didn't want that. I thought it was for this many characters. I thought it would be uninteresting, and uh, and really wouldn't tell a story because if these guys are like filing in to uh, to a coliseum and the fights the fights just starting down below, you know, the closer you got to it, the more the more active and energetic, you know, they would look, you know, like they're getting ready to get into the fight. And then the people at the top are, are kind of just coming in. So their, their pose is a little more static, like what's going on, you know, what do we do? And so that's why it kind of goes from where, yeah, there's a lot going on at the bottom where they're really, they're really active um, to they're more static at the top. Jamie, is this a Photoshop file with uh, 340 layers? Oh God, no! There's the the file. Oh, because of colors. Is this a Photoshop yeah, file with the, 700 layers? The file had, I think, 3,800 layers. Wow. Yeah, it's massive. It was, uh, it's over a gig, or or almost two gigs. I've had a question for 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 the po for the poses that uh, for a few characters they're they're tooled up like um, torpedo there he's got got the pistol uh, yeah you know against the fist fight in the in the front did you have a think did you have a think about the the weapons the accessories that might feature in the, uh, the no because you, I knew I knew going into it that a lot of them you wouldn't be able to see unless they were specifically holding up a gun. I knew that you wouldn't um, that you wouldn't be able to see it. It just too it would be too much, just absolutely too much. How do I explain it to you? It's hard um, when you're putting it together to figure out a pose where the weapon, like in this instance, where the pose makes sense, holding the weapon out, where it's not going to hide another character. So uh, even with like, even with torpedo and cutter and when you're putting that pose together and their arms are up, you have to think, where do I position them? So their arms don't hide somebody that's right next to them. Um, so a lot of times their guns would be holstered or mm. on their backs. That's the only way to do it and, and cram this much stuff into the cover, you know? And, and the, the thought that, occurred to me just a few seconds after you know finding out all of the details of uh of all of this was you know you've got a comprehensive uh sort of <laughs> catalog of all of these characters mm -hmm. what a great opportunity you've like uh, an order of uh battle just have a page per per character do you think um something like that might ever happen did you did you talk about maybe a coloring book i did um so we're trying to figure out um so the problem, I want to do a coloring book. Somebody mentioned it, but my daughter and I and my wife had already talked about doing a coloring book before um, with this. It would require just doing it. We probably do, it probably draw about uh, maybe 20 or 30 backgrounds. That's it. 
and then you know some of the characters would share backgrounds we just make sure that they weren't like right next to each other so uh, we have a couple of companies that print that stuff but we're trying to you know it can be cost prohibitive hmm. so we're trying to figure out like do we print just one you know one coloring book that has all the characters in it or do we do a gi joe coloring book and a cobra coloring book and how much is that going to cost and how much are we going to have to charge for it and how many people are actually going to want it that's that's where uh the problem is and i don't i don't want to do a kickstarter you know that's i don't have any desire to do that i'd rather just you know find out how many people really want it and then just order them and ship them you know based on that so that's kind of where that stands right now trying to figure out exactly and do we want the coloring do we want more like an adult coloring book where the pages are heavier and not like the the newspaper print or is it going to be like a child's coloring book you know it's that kind of thing mm -hmm. so um that's kind of where that stands as far as a coloring book as far as an order of battle i mean it'd be cool because so i'm i'm the uh not only do i hold the world record for the uh, most characters on a comic book cover but uh i'm also it's not a world record or anything like that but i'm also the um the only person that's drawn every gi joe character and have it printed published uh you know published uh professionally so yeah kind of crazy uh Diana says, and I don't, I don't know if she means, I don't know if she means a print of this cover, which I'm assuming that you will do at some point. But yeah, prints be cheaper than a book to make, maybe like a big print. I guess. Oh a yeah. Single character. Um, there's one, there's one behind me that we did. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see that? It is. Okay. Right there. Uh huh. That's it. Um, that one's like twenty-two by thirty and uh we did that when we did uh like three or four of them to test the colors so they were all printed you know to test the colors uh differently those weren't actually made those ones weren't actually made to sale so we're looking at uh, uh a couple different companies right now to do lithography and the types of papers because i want i want it to be something like really really nice so we should uh find out probably in the next week or so so Diana's clarified. I mean the cover as a big coloring print, like a huge thing I could hang on my wall and color. So oh, yeah, just a big black um, and white. Uh, yeah, print, it's a, uh, that kind of that kind of. I mean, yes, we could certainly do that. That would kind of fall under the same thing. Like you know, right now we're getting some uh, paper samples from this company that we found, and as soon as we get those and can find out how much you know that costs to do, then yeah. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, definitely that that we could do, and it's something we talked about. Like, if you ordered if you ordered a print of the cover, you get a black and white one along with it. As long as there's also a carefully designed and wrapped envelope and a certificate of authenticity <laughs> and a photo of you shaking your letter carrier's hand, yeah, and a yeah. few drops of blood. Those um, were so. Those envelopes were not. Those envelopes and the doing them was. First of all, we're not easy, and it were, they were not cheap to make. It's like a that's a big sticker that's on the uh, the top of the envelope. Um, so it actually costs quite a bit to print those um, for everybody. A lot more than we thought it would, but 
we had already decided on doing it beforehand. So we just, we ate the cost. So, so I had a, I had a thought about this cover and your, your Herculean, not just task, but tasks in mm-hmm. concepting it and drawing it and, and uh, getting it out. You, you know, it's, it's, it's stressful to talk about where you sort of brought back to the stress of living through, you know, the months of drawing it and the, the week or weeks of, of selling it and, and such. Um, I can imagine in some months or years, you will be working on other things and mm-hmm. the, the memory of working on this will have very much diminished and it'll sort of just be like a little nugget, like a little, little sort of truncated abbreviation of like, you know, Facebook and that week. And mm-hmm. I can imagine in months or years, you're at a convention really in the thick of something else, some other project, some other IP. And, you know, 10 people come up to get stuff signed or to buy prints and someone has this cover mm-hmm. and this might be years and not months, but you sort of see it with fresh eyes, right? yeah. almost like someone else drew it and you're seeing it for the first time. And you think, yeah. oh man, this is there's just so much here. And you sign it without feeling any stress or grief or anger or grumpiness. And and I wish that for you much <laughs> sooner than later. But I think it will happen. Yeah, I I um actually now I mean I look at it and I'm I'm not I'm not grumpy about the cover. I actually I mean I enjoyed you know getting to do it and and uh, yeah I I am very happy uh, with uh, with the process and. And uh, the, the auction, it just ma- it makes me laugh now, all the stuff that I, I, I went through over the last four months now. It's just kind of crazy. And then my wife up at, uh, you know, my wife up at three o'clock in the morning to call Guinness because they're in, uh, they're in uh, the UK and just happy that she didn't, she didn't, you know, IDW kind of took over for her with, with that and she didn't have to do it anymore because she was, you know, they're very, they're very difficult to deal with as far as getting a hold of somebody and, you know, the pr- whole process. But no, I look, I look, I already look back on it and laugh. Actually, when I look at it now, I look at all the mistakes I made on the <laughs> cover. That's what I see when I, that's what I, uh, that's what I see. I'm always trying, like, as, as a comic book artist, you always have to try and improve. You always need to be improving and learning new skill sets. And, and so, um, when I look at my older work, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I drew that or I can't believe I did that. And yeah, it, I look at it now. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have drawn that person differently. Even when I was putting it together, because um, I went in order. So I did all, I drew all of the Joes first and then I drew all of the Cobra characters second. But within Al- each of those. Alphabetically? No, I went in by order of the year they came out um that's why if you look at the the cover from bottom to top they're they're except for um obviously duke they're in there from the order that they came out as uh toys the newer they are you know the further up they get i mean there's some there's obviously some uh you know Mm. you have to put all of the october guard together 
So there at the top, you have to put all of the uh, renegades together, even though they didn't, Sergeant Slaughter came out well before them, right. but you have to keep them together. Even all of Battle Force 2000 didn't come out the same time. Yeah. So, but they're all together. Um, but yeah, that's the order I drew them in. And um, when I was putting it together, I was like, God, I wish I drew that. And I'm like, no, no, just, <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta live with what I did. Which, and, um, uh, which character were you surprised by, by the most? I noticed that a lot of people asked the same question, which was, who are these freaky looking characters up in the top left hand they're corner? They're from the Snake the Eyes trilogy. That's where his yeah. yeah. yeah, version yeah. three costume comes from. Come on, everyone. Mark Bright penciled <laughs> that issue. Um, First page yeah. of 95. Come on. Yeah, they're the Pain Brothers. They're, they are the um, Cobra torture specialists. And that, you know, that's another mistake I made. There was apparently a third one that I didn't put in there. And that's my fault. That's my fault. And uh, the guys that were helping me research it, it's their fault too for not catching it. You know? Yeah, I think he was the one wearing like the top of the costume and nothing underneath. He looked like a, um, he looked like a uh, Starbucks barista. <laughs> yeah, like a top knot. There was, yeah, there was tail. one with long hair, wasn't there? It wasn't, yeah, 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 that's the one I forgot to put in. So, yeah. Oh, and there's my which, cat. Was there? A, cat, was there a couple? My, my cat is trying to to get up on the computer, so okay, I apologize is... for that. Her name's <laughs> Zoe, but we should have named her FOMO because she like, if something's going on, she has to be, she has to be right there in the thick of it. So. Apologize. Was there a character that you particularly enjoyed sort of discovering or, you know, drawing for the first time that, that maybe wasn't really on your radar before? Um, yeah, some of the some of the newer ones. And my wife just took the cat. It's pretty funny. Um, some of the some of the ones that came out later, because when I was a kid, I stopped collecting around 89. And so it was kind of it was it was fun to um it was fun to draw some of those characters and then uh, some of the newer characters that uh, were created for the IDW series. I had never drawn those before, like Sherlock and in Malto. Yeah. And then um, uh, I also added the wiper from that famous. Uh, oh yes. Uh, GI Joe episode. So I was, I was pretty happy to, uh, Window to, be able, to be able to get those put in there. Um yeah you know i even got all of the uh the animals in there um polly is the only one that's on on you know the actual main thick of the cover with uh, shipwreck but all the rest uh -huh. of them are at the top you know i got cool. uh order and law or um order and uh, uh junkyard and freedom and uh um Max and Fiona. Fiona's up there. <laughs> the, the crocodile. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Cool. Let's jump on to the one of the projects that you did before this one then, which was the uh the anniversary issue. There we go. Uh the silent interlude uh recreation. Um mm -hmm. uh uh, which was a yeah really interesting uh, project to, to see. And we had some of um, we were able to to do a show with uh, some of the the creators talking about their specific page and how they uh, created it. Um, what 
uh, I noticed doing my research for this is it's not the first time you've interacted with this uh, project because you did yeah. the complete silence cover, but but then you've also sort of recreated the original Ed Hannigan, mm -hmm. Klaus Janssen cover as well by, by looks at it a few times uh, so yeah so a, a, an issue and a cover that already resonating with you quite a lot yeah i i don't uh i'm not i don't do those anymore um i got commissioned to do them quite a few times and each time i tried to do it a little different watercolor you know um acrylic uh just the black and white lines it's just at some point you're like i'm not i don't want to do this anymore and uh so yeah no more commissions for those thank god mm -hmm. but my page no so i penciled it and uh my daughter audrey inked it and um the colors uh came out kind of dark i was surprised at how like dark they came out in the issue but that's always been a that's always kind of been a, a problem with um with the printing uh, company that idw uses sometimes they that my covers have come out way darker than they're supposed to be and that's kind of one of them right there but i just wanted to do something kind of like uh you know dynamic and and uh and it was it was fun it was fun to watch audrey ink it and it was her first time doing that and so you know a little nepotism in the industry you know <laughs> yeah how did she so. get the job <laughs> can you talk uh, about jamie can you talk about first hearing about this project and picking your page uh yeah so <laughs> i was the uh i was the first person that tom told about it he, oh, wow he he told me about it the same time he told we talked about 300 and uh i had already picked a page I was like, I know what page I want to do. He's all, okay, just let me know. And then when it finally happened, um, one of his assistants emailed and said, hey, you know, I need your pics. And so I sent it to him. He goes, oh, that page is already gone. Uh, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, I picked that page the day Tom told me about it. And he goes, yes, yeah, sorry. You know, it's already been given to somebody else. And so then I picked the second page because oh no that one's already taken too. I'm like oh so this is like my my like fifth pick. Then you volunteered to just redraw the cover again, again, again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, it you know it was fun to do, and um, you know I think Audrey for her first time I think she did a really good job, you know. Because uh, when she when she did it, she was only she's only nineteen. So what yeah, I was uh, going to say, a lot of people when they were sort of faced with this, you know, this task of of sort of creating a page inspired by the the original, they're kind of like, how how close do I try and you know uh, skew to the to the original versus doing something different? And so, and your page was probably on on the on the further end of. of trying to do something different to the to the original and not just trying to just recreate exactly what I was, wanted to uh, go even further uh, <laughs> with, oh, being, wow. with being different. And then they told me that it needed to be like exactly, you know, almost exactly like the original, have the original feel. I was like, okay. So, you know, I left it, at, I left it at that. 
but that that it was huge it was uh again it was 24 by 24 by 16. are um, you describing a an initial sketch or a drawing that is a very different approach and then you drew something different or are you talking yeah, about an email exchange? no oh. i i drew it i drew it very differently because we had to send in our we had to send in our pencils for approval and um yeah it's kind of rained back in a little bit and uh what, what about that first uh take is so different probably the layout and the amount of panels you know i tried to tell it without there was only there was only two panels so it kind of flowed together visually it was a little more it was a little more interesting it was more like a um it would have been it would look a little more like a painting i think all said and done i might even even that's the other thing too is i i when i originally approached them tom i was like i want to paint it the page i wanted to do i wanted to do a painting and then because of how, what they wanted when all was said and done because everybody's like work was so different they wanted all the color they wanted one colorist throughout the book so the color palette would be the same throughout the entire book and so the painting idea was out the window and so that that's kind of what sparked the change hope that answers your question yeah it'll be interesting to to see your original your original uh take on it you should stick it up on uh so yeah, yeah maybe someday can. are you are you sitting can next you, to it can you hold it up to the no camera? no i'm not sitting next to it no. could you be no. Uh, <laughs> no i it would probably take me half half an hour or more to find it okay i have just like stacks of stuff cool um so actually let's let's take uh let's take this as a segue to go sort of back in into the history of the the things then that um you know this is this is recreating issue 21 which you know goes dates back to to close to the beginning of uh, the marvel era of gi joe where did um where did you first encounter gi joe in the comics the toys the the cartoon um, and, and what you know did it did it has it it, it seems from from your you know the amount of work that you've done on the brand it must have really resonated at, at the time oh yeah i've i've been a, G, a fan of gi joe real american hero since uh, 82 when it came out you know like i said my first figure was flash my second one was i got uh, so i got flash and i got the jump jet pack and then i got breaker and the ram cycle uh my last figure from that first wave was scarlet because i just couldn't find her anywhere when i was a kid um but yeah i was i was a huge fan of course you know i had all the star wars toys you know that's the generation i was from and i love star wars and um gi joe came out and it, you know the fact that you could pose them more and i love the vehicles and um so yeah that was my that was my first exposure to him i loved the i loved absolutely love the packages i love the art on the packages and that's i mean that's where i came from that was my career was the toy industry before i got into comic books so gi joe is one of the major influences on me can you tell us about that can you tell us about working in the toy industry before comics um yeah so uh, you know I, I i did my time at disney and um you know my more famous stuff as far as like um you know working for smaller companies you get credit for doing you know the box art and stuff like uh 
you know, I'm pretty well known for doing all the uh, package art for Robotech for Toynami. I did all, you know, the, the retro painted box art for them. I did all the uh, figure art for the card backs uh, for Toynami. Um, I've done the card backs for like Fresh Monkey Fiction. Um, I did the, uh, I did uh, the box art for a, uh, the SoCal Joe show. They did, uh, I did a painting for them of a monkey wrench on a, on a uh, dreadnought yeah, cycle that they ended up using. Had I known where the placement was going to be, I probably would have done it differently. But um, I'm doing another one for them, which is, you know, kind of fun to do. But yeah, I worked a lot of years in the toy industry doing, you know, layouts and and uh, designing boxes and were you freelance stuff were you working on staff at toy companies i'm freelance now you know uh toy nami i was freelance it was 1099 at disney no i was i worked for the company yeah it was uh six years of my life i'll never get back <laughs> but that's the way it works sometimes so did you um at what point in uh, your youth did you uh, did the G.I. Joe comics get onto your radar? Was it the same, all at the same time? As the, as no. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it was all within that same probably year. Uh, the first comic I got from G.I. Joe was, uh, um, I believe it was issue four. I was in, uh, we had dro- drove up to uh, Spokane, Washington to visit some of my grandfather's relatives. And there was a convenience store, you know, about six blocks away from their neighborhood. And I went in there and I I saw it on the rack for the first time and I bought it. And it was as a it wasn't um, it wasn't was what I expected. So it was an interesting read. Some of the stuff I didn't understand, you know, because it was, you know, Larry wrote it. You know, some of it is very adult. And so I didn't understand some of the things. And then when we were driving home from that, we stopped someplace in Oregon and I found a copy of issue two on the stand still. And I got that. And I didn't have one. I didn't have issue one until much later, probably until around issue uh, 30. Did I find issue number one at a comic book shop I used to go to when I was a kid. Speaking, oh, look at that. Speaking of Star Wars two. Adventures cover. Yeah. <laughs> Did this this one actually saw print? Did it? It was the Panic at Echo Base that was on the that that was that which published was that IDW. IDW was Adventures. supposed to be for uh, Star Wars Adventures. Uh-huh. Um, went back and forth with uh, Lucasfilm, who have had you know dealings with in the past, and uh, they they wanted changes. They wanted uh, Chewbacca to be larger. And so I was explaining to them the physics of snow and that if I drew him larger, it wouldn't look right, you know, because he's really sunk down far in the snow. And uh, we went back and forth. And and by the time I was like, okay, then I'll just, whatever, I'll change it and stuff that the opportunity had passed. So the, the issue that was supposed to be on came and went. Is you know dragging feet on both sides, but but yeah, great great homage to the issue issue two, the panic at the North Pole. Thanks. Uh, yeah, 
very uh, yeah, pitch perfect. Really like really like that one. Yeah. So sorry, you uh, <laughs> you were talking about your early collecting of uh, of GI Joe. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's that's where it started. Um, you know, uh, the little town that I grew up in in Northern California, we had like a little um, like a five and dime shop. You know, like a mom and pop, and uh, it was called uh, Andersons, and it was just down the street from my grandfather's barber shop and. Um, so I would go down and get comic books, but there was also another guy. There was a, there was a guy who lived in town that collected comic books also. And so my grandfather would buy comic books for the, the barbershop to sit on the rack. So when people were waiting, they could read them. And then I bought them for me. And then this other guy in town, uh, bought them cause he collected comic books. And so it was kind of like whoever could get there first got them because you know they one copy of each they get a box in and you know it's random stuff and so yeah it was i i got a lot of the dc comics because he bought mostly marvel and occasionally i get a gi joe comic book um but there were times when i get x-men and i'd find out that he got really upset because i buy the x-men comics you know because that's what he one of the things he collected so you know when did you discover your first comic book store or when did you have a regular comic book store? Oh, I didn't see an actual comic book shop until I was in my, in my uh, late teens, my, probably my mid teens. I got a job. I got a job sorting back issue bins and repricing stuff at this comic book shop called game warden in uh, Yuba city, California. Um, when I was 15 years old. And uh, that was my first exposure to an actual like, like working in a comic book shop. I'd gone to um, there was a there was a comic book shop when I was younger, but it was it was it was further away. It was in the Sacramento area and it was called Comics and Comics. And I would go there, you know, my mom would take me and and she'd go do shopping and stuff and just drop me off. And I'd go in there, I'd be in there for hours and didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. Um, and I buy comics, I buy comics like Grindle, you know, like where it was, you know, rated for mature, but the guys behind the counter didn't give shit. They didn't care. And I thought I was getting away with something, you know, cause there was nudity in some of those. And man, that was like the coolest thing ever was, you know, other, other, other kids would be like, Oh, I had some of my dad's beer. And I'm like, did you see this comic book I got? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was more excited about that than uh than anything else. And uh yeah, those two places, comics and comics and uh and working at the game warden were um what kind of solidified my my love for the the medium, you know. And uh yeah, no turning back after that point. <laughs> So what was the what was the trajectory from from there to I guess your first cover uh, for for GI Joe? What what were the what are the connecting dots? Um, so I had worked for Disney and I left there and then I went to work for Hot Topic, and um, I was well I was like Hot Topic, while it was a good company, it was a good experience. I the only two people there that were, or the only three people there that were older than me were a woman that worked in payroll. 
um, another woman that worked in in uh, buying and the president of the company. And so, you know, I talked to my wife. I was like, you know, I want to open up a comic book store. And uh, so while I was working at Hot Topic, we went about um, we went about going through the process and we opened up a shop in the town that uh, we were living in at the time. And um, we stayed open for about six and a half years. And uh, while I was there, you know, I'm. I'd already known a lot of people in the industry from, you know, being a regular at San Diego Comic-Con and, and just the people that I knew from what I had done for a living. And um, I met Tom and a few other people that worked at IDW because our shop was so close to their home office and where they lived, we'd get them up for signings all the time. And so we were a huge supporter of IDW. Well, um, the shop had closed, and about a year later, I ran into to Tom at San Diego Comic-Con. He was like, hey, um, you can draw, right? You used to draw, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did it for a living, you know, you know, before and while we had the shop open. And he's like, well, um, I'm taking over as editor on G.I. Joe, and you... I always remember you saying that you remember, you know, you know, the brand really well. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know all the toys and the characters and, you know, I buy the comic from IDW. And he's like, would you be interested in, in working on, on, you know, like doing covers or maybe interiors? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try out, you know, do a cover or something. And so he gave me exactly what he wanted. Like, this is what I'm thinking of. And that's what I drew. And, uh, man, I got ripped apart by people just left and right. They're like, they're like, uh, the Arashikage symbol isn't, you know, the exact size it should be. And, you know, I used, uh, I was trying to make the, the plane look realistic. So I use, you know, a warthog for the Rattler and they're like, no, that's not what a Rattler looks like. And they're like Zartan, you know, looks too effeminate. And then my argument for that was like, how do you know what Zartan really looks like at all? <laughs> and the one thing, the the biggest glaring mistake is nobody said anything about on that cover was um, because of how it was positioned. The monocle is on the wrong eye on uh, Dr. Mindbender, but nobody said a word about that. And so... I told Tom, I was like, well, I guess I'm never working on a G.I. Joe again. He's all, it's man. He's all, don't listen to those people. It's just a comic book. You're going to be fine. And then um, he's like, I got an idea. He goes, think about what it was like playing with the toys in your backyard as a kid and like what you imagined and stuff. And he's like, I like to you to do a five issue run of, um, like the vehicles and the figures, like how you imagined what it was like playing with those when I, when you were a kid. And I was like, okay. And so that's when I did 256, which was like one of their, their best-selling RI covers ever. And uh, yeah, he just kind of let me loose. So, and then the next one, I forget what the next one was. So I did one with that um, one with, yeah, the, Conquest. And these were just these were just all like uh, like ideas I had when I was a little kid playing, you know, out in the field behind our house. 
you know, putting my pterodrome in one of the dugout trenches that they're putting pipes in, you know, and flying my planes in there to attack it and playing with uh, the his tanks and, and uh, the Skyhawks. And yeah, it was, that's, I, that's all stuff I imagined when I was a little kid and then just drew them as covers. And uh, after that, it was, and after these covers too, Hasbro just kind of, like let me loose. They were they were pretty cool with everything I I had done at that point. So, and I'm uh I, I'm every one of those uh I'm every one of those Cobra officers <laughs> on there. I I posed like the poses I wanted and took photos. Yeah, it's me. I'm every one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm every Cobra. Um, yeah. So, so was this was this uh, at this stage? Were you already drawing things uh, like the figures singularly, and then um, sort of no, matching them no. together? Mm -mm. I only did those for uh, I only did that for the cover connecting cover in three hundred. The only time this one is the only one where I um, they kind of wanted some. They felt like the area down by the his tank was kind of empty, so I drew another cobra character and put it in yeah and i know i noticed that in your original yeah your original pencils there you kind of got a, that kind of area in your in the bottom right hand corner that's crying out for another cobra office to go in there so yeah. <laughs> that's what you yeah. did so that's that's a that's a paste over but yeah and when you when you're getting all of the the angles on these vehicles particularly for these covers where it was more vehicle focused was that was that using your personal toys and sort of you know positioning them and taking um, photos yeah so figure it out yeah so using the toys is great and yeah they they come in really handy for getting angles but you know you have to you kind of have to play around with the size because they're not really you know mm. the his tank is not very menacing at the size that it is and so the easiest way to play around with scale with that is changing the size of the guns, making them a little smaller and then making, you know, the, the people sitting in the tanks, especially the ones in the turrets a little smaller and mm -hmm. it gives the, uh, the, his tanks a little more scale, but there's another, like, so I, so I have such a love for Sunbow. The uh, there's a little homage to Sunbow. That's the, uh, the Cobra temple in there from, oh the uh, Sumbo cartoon which uh which um larry houston was just tickled that i uh i put something like that in there uh for for our uh, listeners larry houston uh co-wrote an episode storyboarded a bunch of episodes and uh -huh. uh, and was a was a producer on the show worked on the yeah. animated movie and he's active on facebook yeah yeah i've gotten to be good friends with larry and and uh and mike bosberg who mike bosberg was a huge inspiration for me as a child you know the, the stuff he worked mm -hmm. on i really like i really gravitated when i was a kid i really gravitated towards like the more utility artists the guys that could get on any book and they all drew kind of similar i don't know why i just maybe it was the uh the array of stuff that they worked on like you know, there was one artist that was known for one book, but then there were these guys who just worked on a ton of different stuff. 
and I always thought that was cooler. But uh, yeah, Mike, Mike, uh, I got to him. I sat next to Mike at a convention in Las Vegas years ago, and uh, just got to know him, and then became my wife and I became friends with uh, he and his wife, and he's just an absolutely great guy. Do you live near Larry Houston and Vosburg in California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live uh, we live uh, about forty five minutes north of San Diego. Um, Mike uh, Mike lives um, closer to L.A. and then uh, Larry uh, Larry lives close to um, he lives north of there. He lives up near like the Simi Valley area. So yeah, I'm not far. Yeah, this one, this one, after this one, everything was a breeze with, uh, <laughs> with Hasbro. So this one, um, we went back and forth about like, so if, at first glance, um, Hasbro kind of thought they were committing like domestic terrorism. <laughs> and, oh, <no>. um, <laughs> and, uh, so I like on the fly, I had to make up the story where, you know, they were escaping from extensive enterprises and, you know, firefight ensued and like tunnel rat got Scarlet and Duke out, you know, brought a couple of jump jet packs and got them out and stuff. And they bought it because <laughs> originally they were, yeah, they were blowing up the extensive enterprises building. Um, but they bought it and so they were happy with it. But then the real problem started. They, um, they wanted to know why I put this red patch on Duke's uniform that, you know, said had the little AT logo was the adventure team logo. I was like, well, in the cartoon, he had like this little orangey red patch. And, you know, I just wanted to do something that, uh, uh, you know, was a little tip of the hat to the guys that collected long before Real American Hero. And they're like, but that's not part of his uniform. And that went back and forth. And finally, I said, look, when it reduces, you won't even be able to see it. And they're like, OK, that's whatever. That's fine. And uh, you can still see it, obviously, on the cover. But, um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was the one after that they were, they were really cool with me and they just kind of let me do whatever they didn't really, the approval process was fast. Like I hear back minutes, like 10 minutes afterward, after they sent in, but yeah, that one went through a lot of changes. It went through a lot of like poses. Yeah. Pasted up on the, on the right, I guess a, a preliminary layout that you must and that was like maybe the third or fourth one yeah i yeah i kept it kept changing it kept changing so but diana's diana's pointed out some uh, more egregious things they could have complained about or they demanded you take off the patch because uh lack of bandolier well the the lack of bandolier is the whole thing with them escaping and also, so my gripe with the the and, and Diana and Duke. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> and so the whole Diana thing pointed out she does own the original of this one, so she must have got this from you. Yeah, she did. But so the uh, my my whole problem. Okay, so my whole problem with the jump jetpack and gear that a lot of these characters have on is these are not people walking around with holes in their backs you know, where you can stick a peg in. And so some of them, like if you put on a jet, jump jetpack, you know, some of their other gear has to be taken off 
for them to wear the, the jetpack comfortably or even effectively. And first of all, I've never understood why there's no like crotch straps and uh, belts that go around for this jump pack. Otherwise, they're the thing is going to literally rip their arms out of their sockets. But again, suspension of disbelief. So it goes with the story of them, you know, being uh, rescued from being captured. You know, he doesn't have, you know, they've taken off their weapons and stuff. So he doesn't have uh, he doesn't have the bandolier. Is this on. the first appearance of Tunnel Rat's hair? I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> let's say let's say rare appearance of Tunnel Rat's hair. <laughs> right. Since every time I decide that something is the first appearance of something, Mark or a, a listener points out where it actually showed up forty issues ago one time. There you go. Let's see. And Diana fairly notes that there's no jump jet controls, <laughs> and there never have been. So yeah, no there's not these things. They hold it's that gun. Actually, it's the uh, it's it's that it's that metal strip that uh, Duke um, puts under the Cobra can the mind control headband. Yeah, uh, that lets him disrupt it. I I think he's 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 wearing it in those goggles, and it, he just thinks forward, slow down, speed up. Sure. Yeah. Sounds about right. Let's go with that. <laughs> Going on through the uh, Cobra's Venom, the Hydrofoil cover. This one was um, an exclusive. That was the, for uh, Yojo Depot in LA Comic Con. Diana's husband colored this for me. Um, and uh, I, I've got the uh, an original layout there on again on the top left hand corner, which you mixed up for the um uh, or uh, for the final published. Uh, Cover. I think you touted that this might be the first, the first one of a, uh, a Cobra interconnected cover, which never came to pass. So no, this was um, this was uh, so I had done the um, the GI Joe connecting cover was the original twelve. Yeah, uh, Joe's, and so this was coin. This was kind of like the um, this was like the okay. companion cover that featured the okay. original three covers. And yeah, and there was a. This was the three, the three original figures. So it was GI, yeah. the original thirteen and the original three. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, cardboard rocket base. Yes. Yeah. For first appearance of this in the comics. Probably. I think um, hiding in all that smoke is Tunnel Rat with his <laughs> with his bandana off. So there's another... actually a a lot of um, there's actually a lot of little uh, things in the cover there, little uh, like Easter eggs hidden. What does it say on the bottom by the Cobra Soldier's knee? What does it say under the little blue monitor? Um, I don't know. It it says Jamie Sullivan. It's, oh yeah, yeah. No, there's <laughs> Jamie's logo. <laughs> right. Yeah, and there's also um, there's also I mentioned Mike Bosberg and Herb Trimpey on it in the cover. Oh yeah, uh, from down down here there's it says from Herb and Mike. It says yeah, it's just uh, for, for for Herb and Mike. Oh yeah, yeah four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because this was really my best like <laughs> my best in, in, uh, imitation of 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 Herb and 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 Mike's work. And then um, I think I put something over on one of the crates. I think I put like Sears and Roebuck oh. or something like that. Yeah, Sears and Roebuck. 
Yeah. Which it was, you know, from their catalog. Uh, oh, and then we're on to a oof, skipping past too quickly here. This is this is one of your last solo couple of solo covers that you did for, for solo characters. Mm-hmm. The, the low light for two seven eight, again uh, colored by Mister Davis. Yep. <laughs> on this one, I want uh, this. This this is looks quite different to a lot of your other other covers. A lot closer to kind of uh, Tim Bradstreet sort of Punisher kind of vibes for for me um sure were you playing yeah. with uh you're playing with a, a different sort of approach for this one um yeah so i like i mean how the 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 vehicle covers like uh 256 and um like the 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 hydrofoil one and you know those vehicle covers those are kind of like those are my style i like to put in a lot of detail and and uh you know it's fun playing around with reference and and not necessarily the the tim bradstreet approach because he i mean his is all digital for the most part you know i uh i like to i like to fool around with the stuff on paper like literally you know get down and and uh and um you know, add all the details in with pen and ink and, and play around with the positioning and, and, uh, adding my own things and, you know, but yeah, I mean, I like this style a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, again, this is one where IDW printed it really dark. The, the blood splatter you see up near, uh, low lights head. That was an accident. I was trying to put on I was trying to put on just a little tiny bit of splatter and then um the white acrylic paint fell out of the toothbrush and I was like oh shit I got to draw this whole thing over and then um it dried and you could see a lot of the lines still through it so I just went and redrew that little part just over the paint thankfully it didn't completely ruin it it was a happy accident too. Happy accident too, because the blood splatter ended up looking pretty cool. And I'm really surprised too that um, Hasbro let me get away with it being him not being a night spotter and more of a uh, and a sniper. You know, Diana's putting in a little bit of intel here as well. Cullen says he stuck uh, snuck a Fort Benning patch on the shoulder. Yeah, there's I there's Easter eggs in like literally everything that we do. Oh, we were we were we were wondering at the time when we we originally discussed this when it came came out whether you were thinking about a particular uh, particular comic from the past to to homage that I think there was Alpha Flight. Yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah, mutants. Eric- People think of uh, the New Mutants issue, so uh, I'm 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 gonna so everybody understands this. So that New Mutants issue is uh, Rob didn't come up with that idea. That New Mutants issue is an homage to an Avengers issue, but this was actually I came up with this idea from uh, issue twelve of Alpha Flight, which I love Alpha Flight, and so this was this was kind of like my my idea of it, you know, except there's, you know, a character with a gun on it. 
otherwise <laughs> i loved i love that i love that cover where all the characters are you know in crosshairs and it, it was pretty cool it was a brilliant idea but no i you know i didn't even think about it with uh uh that new mutants cover until somebody brought it up to me uh-huh. and even then it wouldn't be an homage to the new mutants cover it'd be an homage to the original um the original uh avengers cover that that rob got it from yeah i love that cover i'm a huge john Byrne fan but if you uh, if you want to if you want to school people you should put up that new mutants cover and then the uh, the avengers cover he got it from because uh like even the hands like even the hands on some of the characters are exactly the same in the exactly the same position yeah pretty interesting stuff uh, so the next one we had up, which is the last of your sort of solo uh, covers, was the um, Firefly one with the exploding satellite dish. And again, sort of doing the research for this one, I sort of see that that you kind of had the germ of the idea a little bit earlier. Yeah. And then the final, yeah. the final cover sort of has sort of moved that on to a kind of a different different pose entirely. Yeah. So you end up drawing. You know, you draw something. It actually went through more iterations than that. You end up drawing something and you're like, oh, I don't like that pose or I don't like, you know, I don't like the angle that it's at. Um, it doesn't really look right. And so it changes. And then uh, eventually I did uh, a cosplayer that I know. His name is Eric Klusterman. He's a big Joe fan. He uh, he posed as uh, Firefly um, for me. And uh didn't have that gun and you know some of the stuff on his suit was a little different that i had to change but um yeah you know i wanted the cover to tell a story and um i think the final was much much better cool and um yeah do you always have a story in in mind what was the story for for this one i see that on the original one you've got a fort wadsworth sign yeah he was just he was sneaking into the installation to blow up you know their their transmission tower and do some sabotage. Yeah. I want I, you know, it's like, it's like GI Joe, uh, you know, in the past has run rampant with like Baroness covers where she's just standing there with a gun and, you know, it's always just Baroness, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The cover is Baroness and, is looking hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, or snake eyes, you know, in some cool pose and it's just that, but I, I miss like when I was a kid, you know, you'd go looking through the comic book rack. You didn't see, you very rarely saw like a comic where it was just a character in a cool pose. The covers were, when I was a kid, the covers always seemed to be like a panel from inside. You know, it, it, there was some action going on. There was word balloons and, you know, you know, this really cool, like hyperbole and about like what was going to happen in the issue. And, and I miss that. And I, I, I wish comic books would get back to that where, you know, there was something happening, you know, even if a lot of my covers were RIs and they, the stuff that was on, it didn't really have anything to do with what was going on inside. I still wanted it to be like, there was something happening on the cover and you're like what what's like i want to know the whole story of this i want to know what's going on who is cobra's new saboteur find out yeah. inside in the thrilling origin of firefly look out Tim, Tim's good at coming up with these uh, look out shows 
Uh, the yeah. base is under attack and fireflies getting away. I guess that's yeah. that's more like voiceover copy if it was a TV. But program. yeah, you but you know what I'm saying? Like I I I love that stuff, and you know, especially who, um, especially who, comic book companies really seem to cater to now, which is uh, older folks that you know have a nostalgic memory for a lot of these characters and stuff. You know, you think that they would cater to that and. But that's why I, that's I always try to tell uh, a story. I think you know? I think some of this is sort of, some of this is marketing because uh, covers uh, in the '80s covers would sell because you'd be standing in front of them at a store and they'd mm-hmm. you'd probably see the whole cover, but maybe you'd see the top third or the top two thirds yep. of the cover based on the spinner rack or the the display rack, and nowadays. Uh, covers are JPEGs on your phone. They're JPEGs on a preview website. They are JPEGs in a catalog for store owners to peruse. And yeah. even if people are reading the physical object, and most of them are, like the, the whole marketing around it has changed. And yeah. I remember um, when I was in college, there was a movie that was released theatrically, and the poster had a certain arrangement of like, head and shoulders and like the one actor and the other actor and some little other bits like a car and explosion and a light source, a little bit of vehicle, a little bit of ground and the title. And then when it was released on video, um, it's like, well, now it's sized for a VHS or a DVD case and all that information will fit, but it's, it was a new image of just the one head and just the other head and a little bit of a gun and the Mm -hmm. title. And it's like, okay, well with that much real estate, what do you want to accentuate these two actors? And so, Um, and then just sort of tastes have changed, you know, it's like, are people even patient enough to like, look at a cover and puzzle it out and like be intrigued by it. Interestingly, as much as we think about comic covers in the past, having copy, having boxes with sort of like narration on them or the occasional word balloon, GI Joe didn't do that. No, uh, GI well it's the other it's the other Marvel books that yeah. did. You know, like you think of the like the final special missions, and it's like if that was you know Punisher or Uncanny X-Men or Avengers, you know, it's like look out, Avengers, Kang is back. It's like, nope, sure. it's just a bunch of jets. Um, and sure. then when Ripper is motorcycling along, attacking a dog, right? The Ron Wagner cover to 70 something, right? Mm-hmm. There's a word balloon, right? Is is arf is it arf like that's <laughs> sure. really that's so weird compared but to every also, other there's also cover. ones like you know where clutch goes home the hard way you know right so he's falling and stuff and um but but how rare is that like panic at the north pole but then uh nothing on three and four and then five has a sound effect and then no uh, but nothing the, on six and then something also, on seven every one of those covers also told a story Every one of those covers weren't just a, a static pose of a character. Right. All of them told like some sort of story. And, you know, it's easily proven with, uh, you know, the old animated commercials that they did for the covers where the final scene of the animation was the cover, mm. you know, that it, the story goes into them, you know, there it stops and it's becomes the cover of the issue and stuff. So you know, all the covers back then for G.I. Joe told some sort of story. Yeah. You know, I look at that Vosberg one where, um, you know, uh, uh, Scarlet and Snake Eyes are hiding behind the the facade, uh, you know, the the home yeah. and the town, you know, and 
and like i want to know what's going on like what's happening you know i think a fundamental shift in the american comic book cover comes in 2000 2001 when bill jemis and joe casada are in charge at marvel comics and institute a rule which was in effect for i think three years that covers had to have one character in a sort of pinup pose and um there was no copy and in even team books like uh like ultimate x-men or uncanny x-men it's like you look at those covers and it's like just a drawing of storm flying or just a drawing of ice yeah. making an ice yeah. luge um and that was about like grabbing people with a with an exciting sexy image and that's that's a different that's a different hook and i think less effective hook and it sounds like you would agree than than mm -hmm. a story hook but you know i think of the cover to I think of mike's x cover to 47 with Zartan strangling gung-ho and I'm yeah I'm worried like, oh, he's inside oh no <laughs> right right yeah no it's really good yeah yeah I love I love and that's why I'd pick up GI Joe issues I wanted to know was the cover uh drew me into it and you know speaking to like what you're saying about Marvel you know you know a lot of the other Marvel titles DC comics which I read a lot more than I did Marvel back then. They had a lot of it where there was a lot of like the story happening on the cover and uh, a lot of word balloons. And, you know, DC is probably uh, fundamentally what uh, inspired me more, far more than Marvel did when I was a kid, because I got to see more DC comics. Because the other guy it, was buying them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It goes uh, again back to the guy in, in the town that we were in, collecting mostly Marvel. I I didn't have a, a Spider the first the first Spider-Man comic I ever had was Web of Spider-Man number 1. That was the the first um Spider-Man comic I ever got because I I never saw him when I was a kid, you know, the the guy in town I grew up in always bought him. So it's quite a cover to start with. That, that it Charles, is. Oh, Charles Vess. Charles Vess painting. Oh my god. What a what a what a shift to the uh, art on the inside. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Vets did did draw and paint a Spider-Man graphic novel a couple of years yeah. later. So. Mm -hmm. Now we can't let you go before we talk about some of the uh, connected covers as well, which is possibly what what you've become best known for. So you've you've had sort of a series of three encompassing uh, many issues, starting with the original thirteen, then uh, a GI Joe huge lineup. All hands on deck and then the cobra uh command uh series that that's um uh gracing the covers as we speak as they come out yeah. um how did how did this idea of you becoming the connected cover guy um, uh start? i was the one dumb enough to say i would do it um so the first one i did i had no idea what i was doing you can see already so we gave them options of like where the the they were photos taken the day that the team got together and they were laying on a desk that's why you see it like this and i right i kind of regret doing that because i don't like the way they turned out and then um i didn't get a preview for that issue right there in the middle um otherwise i would have told them that tom uh sealer's head and the gun have to go in front of the logo right right um, oh no yeah so i didn't that i didn't realize uh, the first time yeah and so yeah the uh steeler 
in that cover that's tom waltz the editor so um <laughs> yeah he didn't uh he didn't make the cover because uh nobody caught it and i didn't see a preview for that issue unfortunately otherwise i would have had him put it over the top so uh, that was tim, kind of a bummer tim is a general principal is a fan of things going in front of the I was, cover. But... I was about to say that and then I thought, well if I say it, everyone will only see the the mistake. And then Jamie said it. So that's all I see when I see it is that mistake and I get fresh. And then you know I look at like okay so I would you know when I originally approached the cover I was gonna draw them all like that that was the first day they were finally all getting together. And um you know I I was trying hard just to draw them in like kind of static poses where they were kind of doing something or getting ready. And I'm just really unhappy, like looking back now, just really unhappy at the way it turned out, you know, the, the characters, I wish I could have drawn them differently. And yeah, you know, it is what it is. You just have to, I mean, it's and past the point now you just got to let it go. But, uh, but everybody loved, everybody seemed to love the cover and, you know, I got compliments all the time about it and, you know, people wanting prints of it and it's crazy, but yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of stuff I would have changed about it. And no, then, good. and then short, shortly after that, I think you touted a class of 83. So this, did, did that come to pass? No. So this is actually, this is nothing to do with the comic book. This is just kind of a continuation of that. People have been bugging me about doing like a print. Uh, it's the, where the class of 83 is kind of getting together and the characters and, you know, they're getting ready to go off into battle. And uh, um, this is uh, this is kind of an early layout, an early rough of it that uh, I used to, to let people pre-order the print. It was a limited run. And uh, this is only from like uh, five or six months ago. Okay. Um, but I'm actually working on that right now, finishing it up. Oh, wow. Well, so we've not so, seen the last of your GI Joe for sure, then. Yeah, but this is yeah, this has nothing to do with the uh, the comic book, but yeah. yeah, yeah and this yeah. is probably the last one I do, last connecting cover I do, or connecting piece that's like six feet wide. Uh, so then the next big one was all hands on deck. Yeah. Sort of got our precursor to the to three hundred, where we've had many living and dead GI Joes uh, mm -hmm. across. Was it five? Issues, I think I want to say. Yeah, it was five issues. Um, yeah, just uh, a mammoth undertaking that <laughs> we thought yeah, at the was, time until yeah. until you got to until you got to three hundred. <laughs> yeah, that one was what a nightmare too. That one, yeah, that one was an absolute nightmare too. But again, learn learn from my mistakes for the uh, cover cover. And yeah, and the uh, some something that that worked here and continued across into the cobra cover. Is that it, it? You know, while it's a distinct piece on its own, you've also got these dividing segments that makes each cover its its own piece in terms of the the kind of the background and the themes of the the characters and you know the the, the layout that that yeah. e each one can work on its on its own right. Right. Did this sell? Yeah, 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 yeah. A long time ago. Hmm. Long time ago. So that was the detail. Then we got Cool Breeze on, on that one. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. then where he's got a great, great droopy mustache on that. Um, then Cobra Command, where as we speak, I think two issues into this five parter in terms of what's on the on the stand. Mm -hmm. So so me and Tim have already sort of scanned this one in great detail for the first and uh and second parts. 
And what yeah. I really like about this one again is the the theme of how you've kind of divided uh, the piece the piece up that we've had sort of dreadnoughts, misfits, Cobra, High Command, Red Shadows, and I guess Destro and Mars on the the right hand side. So it's yeah, each one is a, a nice, satisfying group in its own right. Yeah, and there's uh, there's little things hidden in it, like uh, on the top of the temple, uh, it'll it'll be hidden by the logo. Um, so at the top of the temple, there's like the mass device. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the and the first the first cover, there's two his tank drivers chatting in the back, and one of them's holding a coffee mug that says "World's Best Cobra." <laughs> uh, in the Terradrome too, if you zoom in really close to the Terradrome, there's yeah. a couple AVAC pilots standing in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What we notice as well is that you didn't, you're not just don't have a have one of a single of each of the troops. You've got typically about three, yeah, <laughs> and they yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. different shapes and sizes. So I've mm-hmm. got the snow serpents on screen here. Is there, um, Jamie? Is there some some Trimpy, some Vosberg in in the drawing for the the Cobra one as well? I feel like some of the inking, um, yeah, some of the body types. Yeah, there's there's certainly some of that. There's a uh, that snow serpent right there is actually an homage to. Uh, it, it's not, it's not as close as I'd like it to be, but it's that that's definitely Ron Rudat is uh, uh-huh. is um, uh, influence mm-hmm. certainly for the uh, for the um, for that one, yeah. Yeah, I love those guys. I love I love how they did their line weights and yeah, and the details and the in the costumes and stuff. And you know, it wasn't about all being muscle bound and being a superhero and stuff. They're just they're just real people in those comics when they when they drew them. So I enjoyed that. Excellent. And is there any other sort of little tidbits of if of information to to draw out on these? these covers um that particularly struck struck you as you were you're doing them uh and and maybe we wouldn't notice as we'd go through them oh man i i wish i, I wish i could remember um <laughs> it's it's been a while um those were a couple of the little easter eggs but like again you can't see the mass device and and that one because of the temple uh, yeah, obviously uh, yeah, hides it's it. just just above the logo is it so, yeah so mark can you, you can... can you go to the previous slide with the three snow serpents jamie what do you ink with oh, yeah. um so i have a couple of different brushes i also use tombos and i have a couple of brush pens that i reload with the ink okay and then um molotov makes this really cool set of they 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 kind of look like microns but the ink is much better and the the nibs are much better and i use those for like the small detail hmm. okay and to to close out um i just found a few little other uh bits and pieces that you've you've done so <laughs> i think this was a neil ross print yeah so that was done for artist. that was done for celeb works who uh neil ross is their uh is their client yeah that's all characters that he's done in the past and then uh you had did it quite a few hector garrido yeah recre- those were all... recreations so some uh, of those were some of those were commissions some of those were tryouts for super seven 
and uh -huh. some were for um, Hasbro to show them that I could I could paint like that. Gotcha. And uh, the culmination of that was um, was this piece yeah. where where you had four Garitos, uh in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of used I used some of his characters to tell a story. And it was uh, them invading uh, Cobra Island, and uh, a firefight ensues. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun, a lot of work. But it, yeah, it was it it was very rewarding. This looks a little bit like the cross cell that never was. You know, like the, yeah. the tiny, the tiny folded catalog that would come with a vehicle that would have an offer. It's like, oh, I yeah. can get the four pack of sci-fi and and these other three guys. Uh, invading Cobra Island, right? And you yeah. like flip it over. It's like, I can also get a ferret. And they're, they also, yeah, people will be like, oh my God, you did such a good time, a good job recreating, you know, one of those little inserts and stuff. I'm like, I didn't recreate it. That was never an insert. You know, I, it just, they're obviously Hector's, you know, his paintings, but um, repainted. But yeah, the island and everything, that's all, that's this, all new. Is this acrylic? Uh, it's acrylic and gouache. Okay. Yeah. Some ink. Did... Obviously, after after the you know, I have to go back and look, touch up little details here and there after I put the um, the acrylic coat over the top. But yeah, you didn't just uh, you didn't just uh, sort of draw the picture, put it out there. You gave it a name as well, so I could see that um, I think you called it Operation Sanskrit. Yeah. Uh, there's. Yeah. There's, there's story happening there. There behind, is a story uh, behind, behind the it. A, yeah, I, like I said, I always, I always should try to put stories in in those things. Yeah. So yeah, they're invading Cobra Island and trying to uh, to get a hold of um, one of Cobra's ciphers for all of their, uh, you know, for all of their coded transmissions and stuff. And that's why mainframes along with them. I think I'm getting to the end of it. So there was some cover recreations uh yeah the the joe covers that that you've been doing um i love the i love the 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 cover the zeit the the zet cover that's in the yeah. middle with um with the guys on the on the devil fish um, I, I love mike zek i uh and he's actually commented on some of my oh, wow. uh recreations before yeah saying you know like what a good job i had done and you know he thinks it's funny that you know so a lot like with the GI Joe covers, you know, they, a lot of the stuff that's behind like the logo or the barcode was never drawn, you know, they drew, you know, that stuff was already there. So they didn't draw over it or around it. And so, um, Mike was pretty complimentary about like, man, you did a great job. It looks like, you know, I had drawn the whole thing and yeah, he's in the, he's a really great guy too. I love doing conventions, you know, and sitting by him you know, and learned a ton of stuff from him. He just, yeah, he's a great dude. I love it. I love the technique that you've done here of just coloring the rectangle and leaving some, some, the surrounding edges black and black and white. There was, there's this wonderful panel in Jupiter's legacy mm -hmm. uh, from Mark Miller yeah. and um, Frank quietly um where they did did that fantastically i don't know if, if you had that in mind when you did it but it's a technique. I, didn't, I don't know I why didn't. people don't do it as as frequently as, as they you know perhaps they could it's just a uh it's kind of like um you know a late 80s thing that you saw a lot in advertising you know just a pop of color and other stuff was black and white and i just uh 
don't know. I just liked the idea of having something, you know, other than just the black and white line art. But yeah. Right. Um, then this is your, your sketchbook, which is that all sold out? You can't get hold of that now. Uh, yeah, those are all gone. They are all gone. And uh, there was one last thing I had, which was your, I think it was a variant cover to uh, Sierra Muerte. Oh, yeah, the uh, Charlie's one. Angels. Uh, yeah. Charlie's Angels, of course. Yeah. Charlie's Angels. Uh, I think it might have sold better. Like, we went back and forth about the background. Um, Vinny, uh, who colored it for me, he's like, I, I think I can do the Hector Garrido-style explosion. But then um, they didn't really want that. They didn't think it fit with the way I drew the women. And uh, uh, Cover Girl is actually my youngest daughter, Chloe in in that in that one um but uh i think it might have sold better if it uh if it was a promoted better because it was a emerald city comic-con exclusive and um uh i did it for yojo depot and he left to the show before we could pick up the comics so i drove um without stopping from san diego to Seattle, Washington, to drop them off. I slept in the car with my friend for a few hours and then continued the drive and dropped them off at the show for him. And uh, Emerald City didn't really promote it, and he didn't really do a lot to try and sell them. I think they sold 11 copies of the show. And then uh, that was it. And so uh, the rest of them just sat here at my house and half of them sat you know with uh with that company and um yeah we didn't sell very many and uh i ended up um using them from you know here and there as like giveaways and stuff and yeah i think we still have probably that would the print run was only uh 500 copies so it was already a low print run and uh there's probably only like 150 in circulation. There's a, there's a, a small but uh, I guess eager community on the Facebook boards that I've seen of people searching out for all of the uh, uh, for all of the difficult to find variants. So this must yeah. be short for sure one of one of those that uh, people don't yet realize maybe that's missing from their collection. Right. Yeah. And uh, to go with that whole Baroness thing uh natalie um natalie Saun saunders i think is her last name i'm not for sure um natalie the same issue did a uh cobra baroness and decided to turn the cover sideways like mine and uh of course that one you know everybody wants that one but yeah nobody uh it's unfortunate too because i was really happy with how this cover turned out I thought they, uh, I thought, I thought the three of them looked, you know, like attractive women, but not over sexualized, you know? Yeah. yeah. Get that. Alluring. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I have two girls, I have two daughters and both of them, you know, enjoy GI Joe and all the stuff that I grew up with. And it, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan 
I'm not a fan of a lot of these IPs, you know, that I grew up with as a child. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that you need to over-sexualize the characters for them to be attractive. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that you need to have, you know, you know, bareness with her boobs popping out, you know, for guys to buy the book. And uh, the other thing too is, you know, a lot of guys are worried about like GI Joe or some of these other IPs ending because um, uh, you know, not enough kids are into it. So, you know, that's the thing is comic books and toys and animation. You need to get little kids interested in these titles um, so they have a future so they can keep going. Um, so that, you know, Hasbro still keep making things. I I've told people before that like, if kids, you know, Hasbro is a, a company that is designed to make money. That's what they're there for. And if they can't make money selling GI Joe toys, then they won't make GI Joe toys. That's just, that's brass tacks, you know? And so like, when you have comic books on the shelf and it's just, you know, got the bareness looking like, you know, super slutty as a parent, you don't, you know, buy your eight year old, that comic book. So that's something to keep in mind. Makes sense. Um, so as we're beginning to wrap up, let me pick out one of the questions that we've had that we haven't talked about yet. So Diana asked, how many friends have you snuck into covers beyond just Tom Waltz? Tons. As dealer. Tons. <laughs> Tons. You've had some opportunity to. <laughs> Tons of people. There are a ton of people that work at IDW or just friends of mine uh, that are on the, the G.I. Joe connecting cover. Uh, and there are a few. There are a few on the cover one, but mostly the G.I. Joe one. There's a, there's a ton of people I know on that cover. Because you want them all look different. And I'm like, Shh, you know, you start like, oh, man, you know, like, oh, my God, I draw all these heads the exact same way. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, Hey, I'm going to put you on a cover because I need somebody to look different. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Makes sense. So, um, thank you so much for your time. Before yeah. you, you go, um, do you want, what do you want to promote? So I'll put up on screen your web store. Um, yeah. So, um, so the website is going to go through a uh, major upgrade before, I think, right before or right after we drop the um, the poster for the, the print, the lithograph for issue 300. And then we're going to be offering some CGC packages for issue 300 as well and the Cobra Connecting cover. But they can reach out to me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of me uh, through Messenger or through uh, Instagram messages either one of those and they can find the links to both uh, my Facebook page and Instagram uh, right on my website, which is uh, JSI and design.com. The print for 300 probably will go up for sale at the end of this month. Okay. And I think we're only doing a limited print run of a hundred. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. 75 people just got anxious on the internet <laughs> with their with their uh their itchy mouse fingers. That's funny. Uh excellent. Uh anything else you want to shout out before uh, we head off? Excellent. So uh thank you so much for your time. Uh thanks Jamie. for having me. 
been yeah great to dig into it and uh yeah definitely as expected uh didn't run out of things to talk about too quickly <laughs> i'm sure we could have gone on if we uh if we yeah if we didn't hold ourselves back um so uh excellent and uh thank you as always tim for for joining me as as well so um tim as a reminder where can people uh find you when you're not talking about uh gi joe things uh, video essays on tv and movies at our youtube page which is atomic abe productions my comic book store in somerville massachusetts is Hub Comics, and my G.I. Joe blog is a realamericanbook.com. Fantastic. And uh, if people are new to us, the website to find out more is talkingjoe.go.uk. That is the place that has links to everything. So uh, I think with all that said and done, uh, let me say, yeah, put it on the ticker. All that said and done, Tim. Nobody was talking, Joe. (laughs) Remember, an international podcast (laughs) with three guys from across the world. Laters. (laughs) 